Welcome to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed anime loser, Heather Ann Campbell. <laughs> I'm a anime winner, Nick Weiger. Uh, uh, hmm. I guess I'm the anime alpha, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, so, so we're talking Neon Genesis Evangelion here on our first proper episode. And hey, thanks to all of you who subscribed on our Patreon. Yeah, and if you're listening to this on Stitcher Premium a little while longer, that's also okay. That's great too. We're fine you, with you too. You paid money <laughs> for we're this. We're fine with you. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, this is um. This is really intense for me. This is this is feels like a, a I'm going to have a lot of vulnerability fatigue at the end of these records. This is the most important piece of media in in my life, one of uh one that I've reflected on over the course of my adulthood, from my childhood to my adulthood. This show has been a a mirror and a bounce board. Um it's uh it's really intense. So I want to start with an anecdote. Uh, which is that in Japanese, I took two years of Japanese class every day in 1999 and 2000. Whoa. And uh, it was the most homework I've ever had in my life. And it was the hardest, it was fucking impossible. Like voluntary homework. I have, I have uh, notebooks that have essays that I wrote in Japanese that I can no longer read. Oh my like, God. They, they're just it's just like a dense, like, like it looks like somebody else wrote them. Um, wow. But one, one, uh, one morning in Japanese class, uh, I'm, I'm in the room and a, a fellow student, a kid walks in and he's humming the Evangelion theme. And it's 1999. So it's, it's not, on Netflix, it's not in the New York Times. It is mm -hmm. available only right. at Suncoast Movies, or uh, if you're lucky, there's there's copies at Blockbuster. And I started singing the song because he was humming it. So I started. I joined in. One by one, every single student in the class started singing the Eva theme song. Everybody, wow. like we we were not friends. We didn't talk to each other. Like this was not a social group of people. I didn't know some of their names. But by the time the teacher walked in, all of us were singing at the top of our lungs the Eva theme song, which the teacher did not know. Also, the lyrics to the song, as you guys now know, are crazy. Yeah, like yes. they're really intense. Um, but that is the that is, I think. Uh, like there, I feel like the people who have seen Eva are are sort of secretly bonded in some way. They have a shared reference base that uh, that is becoming more and more mainstream as time goes on. And uh, I'm really excited to have that shared reference base with you guys. Wow. Well, I'm excited to finally watch this thing. And it's it's I'll say as someone who's known about this and has friends, including yourself, who are, you know, a, a devout Eva heads. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what you call yourselves, right? Eva heads. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the fan community is. Yeah. Um, pe uh, people who are super into the show uh, that I've known, uh, like and they're people with like you who have good taste. And and so like I, I, <laughs> I imagine it would be a thing that I like. And. 
but I'm it, it's it's intimidating to get into any anime series because it's like even if there's a clear jumping on point, it's still just like such a commitment to be like, okay, I'm gonna watch and consume all of this and digest it. And yeah. so it's just it's it's like starting an RPG. It's like okay, this is a lot for me to 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 ingest. And so am I, and I never really put myself in the mindset to ever do that. And I'm glad that I have a reason to do so now. Yeah. And and, and the best possible guide. And, you know, it's not the case with this show, but sometimes if somebody recommends an anime to you, you're like, okay, how many episodes of this? Oh, 1,000. There are a thousand of these. Uh, I'll never, I'll, I'll, I'll never get to the end of this, but this is like, yeah, a very good jumping off point. feels like a very accessible amount of something to, um, uh enjoy so i i i'm excited to talk about it um i i think the only the first time i ever heard about this show was from you heather like i and probably when we started doing uh the other show and i had i never nobody had ever recommended this to me before because i probably would have watched it uh is what i'm finding out we should only refer to Get Played as the other show. On yeah. This. Yeah. Let's thing. keep, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, K- on K-Fan. the other show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, the, the, the less important video game show that. Uh, <laughs> the so one for free. Eventually they'll switch. Like we'll be, you guys will be. You'll love anime so much that that will switch the uh, the release schedule and get played. It'll be on this side of the paywall and yeah, get subscriber numbers one, plummet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know we've we last episode we talked about your your history with uh, anime, the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess. Let's I think we should just jump in, right? Yes. Yeah. We don't need to preface this with much. No. Um, the show we're watching is Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, which originally ran in Japan from October 4th, 1995 to March 27th, 1996. It is a 26-episode show that ends in a feature film. Um, or depending on how you slice your bread, two feature films. One that sets up that recaps the show and then sets up the film and then a full film. So I just say 26 episodes in a movie. Um, Yeah. Guys. Yeah. So I have a question about this. So great. Is the thinking there being, you don't have to like, you know, they made this movie that's like, Hey, like if you don't have time to watch this show, you could sort of watch this catch up and then see the main movie. Or is it just like, here's also this? No, it's, it's so, uh, without spoiling anything, the mm-hmm. first film, which is just basically, it's just character deconstructions. So it's not even narrative, really. Oh. Uh, and was a, uh, it, it's sort of a clip show that that places clips from the episodes of the show against each other as juxtaposition, as if to provide meta commentary on the film that is going to come out later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think at this point, as much as I can go into it, but you do not, if, if you want to watch the narrative of Evangelion, you watch the 26 episodes and the film, the okay. end of Evangelion. And Got so it. another question I have is there was something that came out recently also, was that a yes. movie? So after the, after the end of Evangelion comes out in, uh, 1999, I think. 
1998. Man, you know, for somebody who watches this fucking show every year of their life. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, edit out the word expert from the intro. Yeah. I said loser this time. I said loser. (laughs) I'll keep it. Uh, Uh, 97, the movie release. All right, so the movie comes out in 1997. And 10 years later, in 2007, uh, uh, what's called a rebuild of Evangelion is released, Mm -hmm. which um, I believe I remember an interview with the creator director of the show, Hideaki Anno, uh, where he was frustrated by uh, anime's stagnance after Evangelion came out, that nothing mm. new was happening. Mm. And so this was an opportunity to bridge with fancier animation and larger budgets uh, to a new audience, bridge the gap. Because at this point, you know, Eva is a uh, CRT experience, a 4-3 frame, like it's not cinematic, it's it's starting to look old. So uh, the rebuild of Evangelion movies begin by almost retelling shot for shot the exact same story as Evangelion. And then because of the uh, intention of the production and also the um, the length of time it took Hideaki Anno to finish this thing, tons of stuff happens in Japan. Like the Fukushima happens and mm-hmm. like pandemic happens like so much stuff happens that it derails production and and the story becomes less and less uh a retelling and more and more a commentary on the original series Mm. so if you were to jump in and watch rebuild you'd be like what the fuck is happening because they're almost like footnotes to films that have already existed got it um the uh I think the final film, which came out this year, 2021, uh, as we record this year, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, among the most highly rated films internationally anywhere. Like, it, I think it's got like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Um, and I, you know, watched it the night it came out and uh, have just been thinking about it since. Interesting. That's it. Like, not... I wasn't washed over with like the immediate like, oh, I loved this. It's almost like the way that if you're a Star Wars fan who had an open mind and you watched Last Jedi, you might walk out of the theater being like, huh, you know, as opposed to being like, yeah, I loved it when Luke was like, fuck lightsabers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you'd you'd have to like sit with it for a while. Yes. Um, You invented a new person when you said Star Wars fan with an open mind, but continue. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what those movies are. The ones that came out recently and are on Amazon prime. Those are films that I think you can only watch if you've seen the original show and film. Got it. Well, let's talk about the series. We're starting with episode one and Heather, uh, you're telling us these episodes have two titles. Yes. There's a title at the beginning of the episode and a title midway through. And those titles comment on one another or the, or, or the progression of the story as it appears in the, in the episode itself. So this one is called. Apostle approach. Uh, but on Netflix, you see it as angel attack, which is which the is second title. The second title. Right. Got it. Um, so, uh, a lot of people talk about how Evangelion is super original. It's not super, super, super original. It draws from a huge, like almost in a 
Hideo Kojima, like wear its references on its sleeve sort of way. Sure. If you watched tons of anime previous to this, there's a lot of stuff you would recognize. But if this is your your jumping off point, you'd be like, what the what what are all these tropes? What's happening? Uh, the story that we're presented in episode one is that of Shinji Ikari, who is a 14-year-old boy. He is summoned to Tokyo 3 by his father, Gendo Ikari. Uh, he is picked up. Uh, as uh, as an angel, which is this giant creature being a, being fought off as it invades Tokyo Three, an angel is invading the city, and he is picked up by Misato Katsur Katsur. Oh no, I've never said these words out loud. I've only <laughs> I've only Misato st- Katsuragi, Katsuragi, right? Yeah, yeah. Katsuragi, Misato Katsuragi, um, who is his uh, his employer and also his guardian as of the second episode. Um, And he is asked, not asked, he's coerced into piloting a giant biomechanical robot known as an Evangelion by his estranged father. Uh, When he balks at this, uh, they bring out a different pilot whose name is Rei Ayanami. She's got blue hair. She's severely injured. And they sort of guilt trip Shinji into getting into this thing that he's never gotten into before. And the episode ends with him rising up out of this underground fortress called the Geofront, which is where the secret headquarters of Nerve is located, Nerve owning the Evangelions. And he faces off against the uh, angel in the street. That's a pretty good recap. Yeah, nice, nice little capsule summary. Uh, I will say that the uh, first off, the the uh, I'll I'll start more generally. Great, which is watching this uh, this first episode. This is the reaction of this first episode. Watching this for the first time is I went from being like, "Oh, this seems cool," like like, "Oh, this is cool." I'm glad I'm finally getting to watch this, and like about twelve minutes in, I was like. I think this is a masterpiece. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I can't believe how much I loved it immediately. I was like, this is so, this is so cool. Uh, but I, I think a big part of what I, what I'll say is just like immediately appealing to me. And this is a, this is a big reason why I, I love the recent Dune movie is I love scale, which this, this show yes. does an amazing job of representing uh, just the vastness of, of scale of the of uh, angel and the uh, the angel and the Evangelions and all of the uh, uh, you know and the city itself and also uh, I, like like just cool mechanical design. Like everything looks cool. All of the UN weaponry, uh, you know, all the you know every single uh, every single vehicle within this, uh, the 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 mechs themselves. Is it is it taboo to call an Evangelion a mech? Probably, no. right? People no. get mad. No, I think you can call it a mech. This is uh, I think there were like multiple stages of mech anime in mm-hmm. Japanese animation history. Mm-hmm. They started with super robot shows where the uh, mechs were sort of like super powered, sort of like Power yeah. Rangers type. Then uh, Gundam uh, introduced like a, m- a militarily honest version of what a mech was, where it's more like Top Gun and you have to like pilot these things and take care of them. And then Eva was another break. And it's, 
I, I don't even know what the break was, but the things that came after Eva were completely affected by the mech design and philosophy of Evangelion, which at the time they were like, these fucking things aren't going to sell toys. Like, look at these lanky bastards. They're not going to, they're all skinny and tall and weird and off-putting. Like, where's our chunky robot boy? Like, <laughs> yes. where's our Gundam? Uh, and uh, and then afterwards, um, everybody, every fucking mech is like skinny, unless, unless you're watching, like Razafon, which is an anime that came after this. It's basically just Eva's in a different show. Mm-hmm. Um, Darling in the Franks. Another one that's uh, extremely heavily influenced by Eva. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think Sega was the first uh, company to be like, oh, we can market this. We can make shit from this. And so a lot of the early toys are like Bandai Sega. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Matt, your reaction as you're watching this. Yeah, I mean, um, it rocks. Like I, I had the same sort of thought where I was watching this and I was just like, hmm, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then, I mean, I guess it was a little later in like the end of the episode, like not I got not the complete end of the episode, but I was like on board right away, and it was like honestly a struggle to only watch the two that we had to watch yes. to talk about this. I wanted to keep going, um, but I, I mean, I don't know what to say about like or you know, I guess because we're gonna just talk about all of it. I got really like, like amped up, like psyched as shit when. It's like when Shinji like was like, "Wait, you want me to get in that fucking thing?" Like that's cr- cr- I don't even know what this is. Yeah. Like- <laughs> His dad's like, uh, "Are they like we're gonna we're gonna send out Evo One?" And Misato says, "But we don't have a pilot." And and then Ritsuko is like, "One's just been delivered." And yes. Misato, like all this is from memory. So if I'm, I'm if I'm scatter shotting it. And then she looks at Shinji and she's like, okay, get in it, kid. And he's like, what? (laughs) That's like, that plays into sort of what Nick was saying, though, about scale, though, too. Because, like, the dad, I'm just, like, going to struggle with everybody's, learning everybody's names at this point. Mm -hmm. But, um... He's like he's way the fuck up there, like in this yes. thing, and the, and Shinji is like I haven't even seen you in like a long time, and they're having this like very like heart to heart like tough sort of like father son moment, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like it's like this whole thing, uh, and there's a really really cool thing that happens also that I was just like whoa like I didn't they they it's a they do a lot of like interesting world building without like really like beating you over the head with it. And a lot of that has to do with like, just like how big these fucking things are. But then also like you see like those boardroom meetings and stuff. Like it's just, it's very clear that like, this is the world and we're not going to really like take a lot of time to like set up like what the rest of the world is like, like just know like this is what's going on and this is what is like currently happening. Uh, Yes. You're you're just sort of immersed in it. You're just yes. sort of like, hey, here's this immersion therapy. We're jumping right in, and we're yes. just sort of going to absorb this world. The there there are. Uh, I'll also just say, like like like, it's very stylish. It's it's extremely well crafted visually. There's a moment where I believe it's the angel is just a you know a, a, a this this big loping kaiju like creature. Um, at this point, I'm unclear if he's mechanical or or biological or some combination. Uh, but he's walking. Uh, you know, he's walking through Tokyo three. And there's a point where I believe he he stomps, and you just get you see a shot of just electrical wires, electrical cables, just like wavering. 
and it, and the sound design of that is so cool and it looks so cool and it's such a great way to convey like just like like how massive something is that it can you know throttle a, a, that 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 just like the the impact of its step will make you know fucking uh, uh, uh make fucking electrical cables like like wobble like guitar strings it's it's really cool I want to shout out a Twitter account that I follow called Ano Cinema, uh, which is a uh, an account that used to have a YouTube channel, but he they he has taken it down, um, and it is dedicated to the shot cadence and shot placement and cinematography of Hideaki Anno across all of the stuff that he's made. And since so much of that stuff is dominated by Evangelion, it's an excellent account to follow. Mm. Um, but one of the things that this account introduced me to as a concept is this uh, four-cut Anno, like Hideaki Anno's four-cut style. It'll be uh, one-cut, two-cut, three-cut, four-cut, and it'll be mm. like a um a shot that is uh, uh uh disorienting like an extreme close up on a on a on a face of something and then you cut to a big wide shot so you don't know how these two things relate to one another you see like the shot of the angel then you see a tank then you see another tank and then you see the angel coming towards the tanks and it's a four shot punchline and he uses it over and over and over again. And it gives the entire show this feeling where it's like, where are we? Okay. I think I know where we are. I think I know where we are. Oh, there it is. Like he's constantly teasing and then revealing the relationships between objects as he, as he's structuring these shots. I, I mean, Fuck, I like this is I love it so much. I don't even I've I, I'm a terrible host for this. This is, this is You're a doing mistake. Great. This is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Look, first off, we're figuring it out. This is episode one. Um, but secondly, you're doing great. This is uh the the, the you, yeah, you've encapsulated everything and you're giving us a lot of of context. I, I guess should we, Matt, is maybe the approach is for us to ask some questions and get some clarity, or maybe we could just further cite some things that we responded to. Uh, yeah, I will say that that I will say that for me, my big question, and I'm certain this is going to be answered by the narrative, is this seems like a really shitty way if you have this elite fighting force, you know, if you have these these the this teenager or apparently group of teenagers who are the only people who can have whatever spiritual connection is necessary uh, for the uh, the Evas to function. The, these are the only candidates to, to be pilots of these things. It seems like keeping them in isolation, uh, keeping keeping uh, Shinji Akari in isolation away from his estranged father and then just kind of bringing him in and just sort of saying like, look, you have no training, but fucking go do this thing. Seems like a bizarre approach. Well, I will say that the reason these children are EVA pilots or uh, are capable of being EVA pilots is answered by the narrative. But Gendo's estrangement from Shinji is not by design. Mm. Um, And I... This is interesting because I, I, I can understand why asking me questions would be a good thing. But most of them, I'm not going to be able to answer until right. after the final film. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I have. I think that's I have fair. like a question that's like maybe like sort of non-spoilery. Uh huh. Yeah. What happens at the end? 
Okay, great. Uh, no, there's um, a beach. Okay. Oh, great. They're just fighting at the beach. Um, I, I, I guess I don't, I don't have like, I don't know if I necessarily have a question. I, I, I do have something to call out that I, that I really enjoyed also though. And it was, um, I mean, we're, we're sort of at this moment. We maybe even talked about it already, but I want to talk about it again. The part where like, like, uh, like uh, an angel, um, like has found sort of like where they are, where they are in the nerve, um, uh, what do you underground geo front? Yeah, in the nerve underground geo front, and um, they like, and it's it, like makes an attack on, it and st- shit starts to fall, and like Shinji like puts his hands up, like oh shit, and then the Eva also does it, and uh, yes. like protects and protects him, uh. That was the moment where I was like, "Okay, let's fucking go." This rock, yeah, that's cool. This that's I was cool. like, "I don't know what." I was like, "I don't even know how this could even happen." He doesn't even know what he's doing in this thing. It's already attached to him in some way. I can't wait to find out why and how this is happening. Um, it was it was very very cool. And also, I mean, I gotta say, the beginning of it. I mean, you know, I've seen I've. I'm not an idiot. I've seen cartoons and I've seen animation that like is like obviously like very impressive and um this like the things that they can do with animation is unbelievable. The like every shot of this looks amazing. Like every like I'm like blown yeah. away that like it like even though that it is like 1995 is not that long ago for like animation. Obviously animation's been around for so long. It's like some of the slickest like coolest animation I've seen ever probably like even in that uh sequence when the car gets wrecked i was like how did they do this like this is unbelievable <laughs> to me it is a, it is a fantastic looking show and you know like the there's there there's that tw- there's a few twitter accounts that are like one perfect shot or whatever like perfect frames yeah and like this is just and and though they're usually like full of like there's just so much like bullshit that's just like this, this is not a perfect yeah like the Ad- astra like yeah. hair, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, but this one is like full of perfect frames. It's mm-hmm. full of just like like oh, I just this just what a what a marvel this is to look at. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 shout out the LCL the moment when he gets when when the fucking uh, Eva gets filled. Shinji's inside of it, and it gets filled with this liquid that he has to like breathe in. Like yes. that was just a thing. I was like, okay, this is cool. But also, I'm like that's that the thought of this terrifies me. The yeah. thought of having to trust into it to like trust enough to breathe in a liquid and just be like my body's gonna be okay. And it's I, not like in the abyss where they demonstrate it on a on a rat, right. and then they're like, okay, you gonna try this out, man? And he's like, oh, okay, fuck. I guess I'll try breathing liquid. Yeah. With Shinji, they put him in a robot. That he's never seen before, and then yeah. it just starts flooding. Like it's yes, <laughs> yeah, no, they, there's yeah. No, we should have told. We meant to give you a heads up. Uh, yeah. This is gonna fill with a breathable liquid, hey. so you're gonna have the sensation of drowning. Yeah, um, but you'll be fine. And now go kill this fucking monster. <laughs> you know how you've never seen any of this shit before? Here's this also. <laughs> <laughs> like. He he just got in a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> like he's having the worst day of his life. Like this is like everything he thought he knew 
<laughs> is like now just suddenly different and he like yes has to step up and he's like okay i guess like yeah, yeah. sure yeah uh, and the reason he does it is because they wheel out like a girl his age who's got a broken arm and is hooked up to ivs yeah and yes. like she can do bandage it bandage over her eye okay <laughs> yeah. let's get this girl who's near death to, since you won't do it you fucking coward <laughs> i i know that like Watching this, even just like this first one, I was like, oh, like the Matrix, definitely like uh, the Wachowskis definitely like borrow like some stuff from that, like specifically like that liquid. Not ne- like it's not used in the exact same way, but all I kept thinking about was that freaking goo from the Matrix, you know, when Neo's sure. in the goo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's now, I think, my new favorite um, trope. Uh, any sort of sci fi liquid, I love it. That's great. <laughs> That to me is, that's fantastic stuff. It's always like, well, this is pretty serious if they're busting out this yeah. strange liquid. Yeah, I yeah. love a, I love a goo. I, yeah. lo- I love like a, like, give me like a white, gl- white goo. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Oh, that's like going through their bloodstream. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's an, that's an interesting sort of goo. You're crying um, black tears for some reason. This is crazy sure, stuff. Yeah. That's new. That's new goo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about the opening credits to this show? Yeah. Oh, we should. Absolutely. Um, Because. It is like that was something that felt very new at the time was the speed of the cuts in this opening and the amount of information that is thrown at you right away. Some of that information isn't even clear what it is until you're almost at the very end of the series. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and you can watch the storyboards set to the music and every shot is in those storyboards. Like Mm. nothing was like discovered along the way. This was intention first and then execution. Um, But also the song is a fucking banger, right? Right. It's so, yeah. So you're, you're, you're in Japanese class as a teenager and someone comes in and is like, and you're just like, like, Oh, you know it immediately. Cause it is such a, 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 like you know what i don't want to say earworm but just such like it's got such a great hook uh to the song it's like it's like instantly memorable actually i knew that i knew the song as i was watching i was like oh yeah this is this song like I'd, I'd heard it before in some other context but it's a fucking great song yeah it's i mean it's mimetic like it's been used wasn't it in the tokyo olympics or something no 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 there was like a there was like a <laughs> there was like a behind the scenes like story of somebody's career as uh as an athlete that was hmm. just an edited version of the song and then like all of the uh all of the titles were like you know West Germany like big on screen just like the same way that the Eva titles are like Angel Tokyo yes. 3 etc um, can we play a tiny bit of the song in case in case yeah. a human is listening to this and ha- and isn't sold yet despite Let's see why not my enthusiasm and you guys being converted within a single episode? <laughs> <laughs> I pulled it up just in case cuz I was like I think people might be mad if they don't hear it. So here we go. The year is 2005. 
<laughs> I'm at a lesbian bar in Tokyo. Uh-huh. Uh, and this lesbian bar has no windows. It's underneath the street. <laughs> There's a karaoke machine in the corner. And I'm trying to make friends, you know, trying to get a date. Yeah. And, um... And I'm like, and somebody's like, do you karaoke? And I'm like, yeah, well, I karaoke. And they're like, why don't we karaoke? And I fucking pull up the Eva theme song. And I, I hit play. And all the girls in the entire bar get up, dance, and sing with me. Wow. wow. There's nothing I could do in real life that would make that happen. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty wild. This song um, is so good. I do want to say that um there's like the moment before it like kicks in and it's like it starts like really picking up. There's not a second before that where I thought that's what was going to happen. Like I, there's like to me, there's like the song is like, oh, this is gonna be like kind of intense, kind of like really like, uh, sort of like minor, and then it's like, bump, 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 bump. I'm like, wow, this is we're having a lot of fun over here, aren't we? This is yeah. pretty crazy stuff. Yep, yep, it's it's pretty great. You guys want to talk about episode two? Let's yeah, do let's it. get into episode two. We get a little bit more uh, misato in this one. Yeah, we've a been introduced bit more to misato. her. So uh, the uh, two titles for episode two are Unfamiliar Ceiling and The Beast. Uh, This episode picks up exactly where episode one ends with Shinji on the street in his Evangelion ready to fight the angel. The angel attacks him and he wakes up in a hospital like you don't see any of the fight. Uh, (laughs) Just gets fucking uh, housed, just like just destroyed by this thing. (laughs) Immediately destroyed. Yeah, it's it's you you get a little bit of the fa- the fight, but the fight seems to be him just being like it's it's you know his arm gets uh gets disabled, uh and then there's like his his fucking head the the Eva's head like blur- bursts open from both sides. It's like a beam shoot shoot shot through it, and it's got like you know like some sort of I, I don't know if it's the goo I don't know if it's the aforementioned goo that's shooting out, but it's just yeah. like bursting out of both ends. It might like be he's the goo barfing out of the back of his head. It might be the goo. Could be the and goo. He, and he looks like he's in trouble. Yeah, he looks like he's in trouble, and then <gasps> he wakes up in a hospital bed. Yeah, he doesn't know where he is, hence the unfamiliar ceiling. Yes, uh, I believe his first line of dialogue in the episode is, "I don't know this ceiling." Yes, uh, and uh, you see wreckage from the fight, still not having seen the fight. Uh, there is a discussion about where Shinji is going to live because his father does not fucking want him in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Misato uh, volunteers to take on guardianship d- duties. Yes. They stop by a, uh, a a vista overlooking the city. And that's when we learn that whenever an angel attacks, the buildings descend into the ground and uh, hide inside of the geofront for protection. And when the angel has passed, they rise up again out of the ground uh, it's fucking gorgeous. Looks so and, fucking cool. Uh, Misato says, thank you. This is the city that you protected. Um, Shinji moves in with Misato. She's a fucking slob. She's a drunk. Her- <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a kid, when I first saw this show, I was like, oh man, Misato's 29. When I'm 29, that's what I want to be. 
I want to be <laughs> just like her. I want to start drinking. Yeah. I want to eat whatever I want. I want to live in, in squalor and just fuck like celebrate every day like it's a party. And I did. And uh, and then I, I think I gave myself cancer from living oh like her. Oh, my God. Uh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we find out that Misato has a roommate who yes. is a penguin named Pen Pen, a warm, a hot water penguin. Uh, and then when Shinji is in bed listening to his SDAT recorder, he begins to remember, hidden by trauma, hidden by uh, like just the the insane PTSD of what he's been through that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he begins to recall the fight and this and what happened, which is that the evil went berserk and tore the angel up. Yes. Yeah. The uh, episode ends on a sort of solemn note when mm-hmm. Misato. Uh, says, you know, you did a, a really good thing today and, and keep your chin up af- af- effectively. Um, if there are beats that I'm missing, let me know. Because again, I'm doing this from memory. No, that- no, you you hit you hit the big stuff. I I, I did want to back it up towards the early par- earlier part of the episode, which is you mentioned Gendo, his father. Yeah. But we're getting the sense that he's like a big wig because there's this committee uh, in just oh, a, right. just a really really cool fucking looking room. It's mm-hmm. just a black room where everyone's got their own colored light. Uh, it's like Simon. It's I, I wonder if everyone I like asked for a light. Like, hey, can I get the yellow? I want the blue light. Yeah. Like, okay, I well, blue this last one, time. Okay. This guy's in the blue already. Yeah. We are. Can we'll give you yellow. Blue. Do you want yellow? All right, fine. <laughs> well, it'll be what's, different for some reason. What's wild about that room is it's a Zoom room. Yeah. You know, like. 19 like he's he's projecting oh in the future these fucking conferences are all going to be teleconferences essentially yes. and in Eva they're holographic but it's the year 2015 when this show takes place and it's like yeah these are all just like virtual projection rooms yeah Kind of, uh, you know, kind of prescient but also like at no point does someone just freeze for a second and everyone misses what they said uh, and they have to repeat it yeah so Nobody's stepping on anybody. It's like they yeah. got the... In 2015, they had the correct technology. Yes. Uh, but it sounds like they're also on their uh, third Tokyo. So who knows what what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you also get a lot... I mean, the show, the show loves to breadcrumb you. Mm-hmm. Like, it gives you just a little breadcrumb. So you get to see another Evangelion unit, which is stiff in Bakelite. Like, it's, it's like solidified. And there's, I think, a, like a cross sticking out of its back. Um, they talk about how long it's going to take Ray to recover from something. Um, you see, you get Ray, to, you, Ray is the, the woman who was, uh, uh, the, who was injured battered. in the first one. Yeah. The yeah. blue, blue haired, yes. the yeah. Ayanami Ray, the blue haired girl. Um, you also start seeing, I think this beginning of like a, of a, of a, um, relationship of trust mm-hmm. between Ritsuko, the blonde scientist and Gendo, Shinji's father. Like, you see scenes with them alone, so you're beginning to understand the command structure of this thing, which is the UN owns uh, or or, an- or nerve answers to higher bodies of government. And yeah. once those bodies of government attempt to defeat an angel and fail, then they ha- hand it down to this more privatized uh, company, Nerve, run by Gendo, and his uh, second-in-command 
Fuyutsuki. Um, then you have your science officer, Ritsuko, the blonde woman. Mm-hmm. Your captain, although at that point is she captain? Whatever. Uh, Misato, who's like your battle commander. Yeah. Um, and then their underlings also. Uh, guys. I, so can I can I just say a thing about keeping people watching the show, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is how fucking brilliant is it that if you know you're not going to have a battle in the second episode, you cut from the battle, then tell a story, then finish on the battle. So if you're watching the show, you're like, fuck, right, God, this show just keeps yeah. fucking going. Yes, yeah. And then- No, I, I, I like the structure a lot. Yeah, and then the bits of battle that you do get aren't happening- in the story, they already happened in the story, right? So, like, because he's like remembering through his yeah. uh, his PTSD what happened. Uh, that was very interesting. I, I mean, I assume we're gonna learn like why he was capable of such a feat. Um, but I, I am also, I, I'm wondering if we're because I know earlier we, I, I said the thing about like it doesn't really like it kind of just drops you into the world and that's like a plus. I do sort of want to know how long this has been going on. Like how long have they dealt with the threat of angels? Uh, well, there, yeah. yeah, there is the reference to this is, it hasn't happened in 15 years, that's right? right? Yes. Like they talk about like the, this is the angels have come before and now, now all of a sudden they're back. And it, it seems like that maybe the more craven side of the, uh, the committee, I looked it up as the human instrumentality committee is mm-hmm. what, what who Gendo, the big wigs of Gendo sitting in and see this as some sort of opportunity. Opportunity, uh, but it's 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 uh, this this uh, this global crisis. And, and one thing that that I'll say that we didn't really get into about in in episode one that I think episode one does really well is just showing what a threat these things are. Yeah. Like just seeing like how much weaponry gets thrown at this thing. They fucking you know the 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 car wreck is caused by a blast uh, that they're trying to like. Fuck, fuck, I don't remember. I don't know what weapon it was exactly. Like, it seemed like some sort of new N two mine. But N2 it is essentially yeah. just a stand-in for an atomic bomb. They also right. hit it in the face with a missile. Yeah. And yes. then it punches through another missile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, and once they've nuked it, uh it it appears to be regenerating its own face and skin. So yes. even if you burnt off the outside of the thing, it just starts like it, it almost has like a mask, like an iconic mask of a face. Mm-hmm. And it's pushing that mask out of the inside of its body to where its face used to be. It's right. um, it's fucking harrowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like shedding its old face like an exoskeleton and and re- regenerating a new one. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's really worst case scenario if you're in a. Uh, a robot the size of the thing you're trying to fight and you try to do something to it and nothing happens. Like, just like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm in this fucking thing and it didn't yeah. do anything. I'm fucked. <laughs> At the uh, end we- of the episode, when Shinji is remembering the fight, we do get to see what it looks like inside of the Eva at the end of the fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, a piece of the Eva falls off mm-hmm. and... Shinji looks out the uh, effectively the the psychic window of the machine and sees the Eva's reflection without its helmet on or its face, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and you see that it has a decidedly biological eye. Yeah, um, big green eye. 
big green gross eye, which focuses in conjunction with Shinji. So the more his pupils dilate, the more its pupils dilate. Yeah. Sort of hinting at the way that the machine works. Um, and also you 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 learn that if if the angel breaks the robot's arm, Shinji feels it as if it is his arm that has been broken. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they have to basically tell him that that's just in his head. That's just that he's not actually injured. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, sure. Good luck with that. Um, I'd be like, there's no way that's true. I fucking <laughs> felt it. I held on to my arm like it was happening in front of me. It's like trying to power through being waterboarded by being like, I'm not really drowning. Yeah. It's just my brain yeah. just telling me that. Nice try, Chaney. You're going to do your worst. Yeah. Uh, I love Ten Ten. I, I waterboarded I, myself for a truth or dare uh, game once. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I had a bunch of friends over and somebody was like, I dare you to get waterboarded. And so we looked it up on YouTube, how to do it. And then inverted me on a plank and put my head over a bucket and they, they did it. And I think I lasted less than a second. Like oh, yeah. immediately wow. was like, this is the most pain I have ever been in yeah. in my life. Jesus this is Christ. Horrible. And that like changed your mind about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I was pro. I was like, if you can do this to people, they'll tell you anything. So we'll get it. <laughs> Uh, I like I like Pen Pen a lot. It's the kind of thing of just like this little sort of uh, you know, hey, this is this is a little quirky window into something else that's happening in this sci-fi reality. Yeah, there's a penguin pet that lives. It seems to live in a fridge, right? Yeah, it lives that, in a refrigerator. Early, yeah, earlier on, she's like, she's like, oh, I don't want to wake uh wake them, uh, you know, when we're, when they're, when they're they're about to eat um in the separate fridge, the secondary fridge. Uh, I like Pen Pen a lot, and also. So the previous episode, if you watch the whole thing, has a it, it, every episode ends with like a little preview for the next episode that kind of spoils it a little bit. Yeah. But in the end of the episode one preview for this episode, it's it promises fan service. Like it may it says explicit <laughs> like this this episode is going to have some fan service. Yeah, and boy does it ever. I was not expecting this to be so overtly horny. Yeah. But there are there is just some straight up cheesecake shots and some superfluous jiggling. And uh it's it's a there's a lot of it. They're laid it on thick. It's 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 basically all <laughs> laid it on thick with two C's. <laughs> um uh basically uh all through Masato's character. Yeah, I, I want to shout out another account that I follow, which is uh, mm-hmm. Q Misato, qmisato.tumblr.com, is a bunch of feminist deconstructions of the Evangelion franchise. So don't read it at the at the beginning of the show, but read it at the mm-hmm. end of the show. Uh-huh. Um, and it talks about, I mean, it talks about a ton of stuff. You had me at Q. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> but there's a, there's, I mean, the show is... Uh, primarily women. There are few male yeah. characters in the show. Um, and there is definitely a feminist reading of this show that can be done in conjunction with all of the fan service, which becomes meta commentary on anime itself. The longer it goes on, I think some people would be like, that's not what's happening. But I think by the, by the middle of the film, you're like, Oh, Okay, okay, I see what this is. I see what all this was. Um, But yeah, initially, it's just like, 
fucking Masato's butts in 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 the center of the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like glory shots for uh, young male, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's a fucking cartoon. Who cares? It's <laughs> sure. fine, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be accused of some d- double standard. <laughs> fucking Reddit gonna be like, I'm so tired of her. Apo- anyway, oh. <laughs> so if you if you're interested in some really provocative and interesting essays about the feminist reading of Evangelion, qmasato.tumblr.com, the the cinema experience of Evangelion, it's Ano Cinema at Twitter. Um, man, I don't know, man, like it's. It's so fucking good. What, what else? <laughs> there so, was so a, the so the you were talking about some of the that there that like yeah. There's a lot. The the lens is is you know pretty. Uh, it, it, it shows us a lot of Misato. Uh, but we also get um, Shinji a, a sequence where he's taking a bath. What's the quote about the bath? I should have written it down. I really liked it. Why do bad um, memories always find me in the bath? No, it was a different one. It's about a bath being like a reset of the day. Like it's like a like you know a bath oh, sort yeah. of resets laundry your of mind. The soul. Yeah, laundry of the soul, something like that. And so, but so he's in the bath. He emerges from the bath and it comes outside because he's startled by Pen Pen, and he's just standing there, stark naked. And there's like a a jar that's occluding his uh penis and balls and um yes. <laughs> and then they move the jar and there's a smaller jar there and it's still occluded yeah uh, which i thought was funny but also he's 14 yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's weird well, it's, it's a it's a it's a can of beer and she picks yeah. it up to have a sip and be- behind the beer is toothpicks uh yeah so it's a real it's a real right. um Oh God, Austin Powersy joke i was gonna 100%, say 100 yeah that <laughs> i was wondering if it was maybe the um like the first in maybe one of the first instances of like that sight gag i don't know if it would have like been in anything earlier than like maybe even like an 80s thing or something but like yeah i feel uh, like that's this that's got to have been in a teen comedy or even it a had fucking, to have been know, right but uh yeah. i was like i was happy to Some see 70s romp that somebody got to it before austin yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I, I feel like, well, I know that, the that look, I'm, I'm not going to defend the sexualization of children that happens in the Eva series. Uh, but also I think there is a cultural difference because the age of consent in the nineties in Japan was, I think 14. Ugh. So effectively, this is like a show about 18 year olds. Yeah. Like sure. culturally, not, not yeah. again, I'm not. That's not like I don't I can't I, no. express enough. That I know that's what you're bad. <laughs> they're like, I mean, they're putting this guy, they're putting this kid up to be like, hey, you're gonna fight this fucking monster. Like that's akin to like people being like, if you can join the military, they can drink at 18 too. You know what I mean? It's like it's not uh that's that that to me is like the same thing. They're just like, oh, he's gonna be doing this. Let's make him a little horny too. <laughs> When the when the angel so when the angel explodes like when yes. like because so he, he beats the shit out of it and he he fucking dis, he, you know he destroys it and then it's it there's like it's it's pretty unsubtle the Christ imagery of yes. just like a mm-hmm. basically crucifix shaped explosion yes so yeah. the the show begins with reference I mean the opening credits have references to the Kabbalah uh, to uh, is it Gnostic. Gnostic Jewish traditions uh, and tons of Christianity. Um, the creators have said 
that they just wanted to evoke this exotic, uh, this exotic atmosphere for um, for the show, and that it doesn't right. that it doesn't on the nose mean anything. But I think telling a story from a half heard story you've been told. Because a lot of the stuff that's in Evangelion is like somebody half remembered Christianity mm-hmm. and then was telling somebody else about Christianity. And I think the actual, the title of the show, if it's directly translated, is New Gospel Evangelion um, or New World Gospel or something like that. Mm. Uh, I, I It's hard for me to watch the show and say, none of this has any meaning. Because sure. it clearly does. You can't write a thing that means nothing, right? You can, like, you you can say, yeah. "Oh, I I wanted it to look cool," but even then, why does it look cool? Because of the cultural context. Why does it look cool? Because of like the larger worldview. Like we know the Crusades happened, so if you are fuck are fighting with like God imagery on you, you evoke things even if it's on on a subconscious level. And given that the show delves so much into the human psyche and and Freud and Jung and all the rest of, of, of the sort of psycho, psychoanalytical aspects of the show, I feel like you're watching a dream of Christianity, like a nightmare of it, almost. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, no, 100%. Yes. And it's... um. I I don't know. I mean, like, 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 I'm sure I'll get more of that and, and, and have more of a take on it as, as we see more of that, if it really does lay it on that as thick as it does in this episode. Uh, Also in the, we should mention the, the, the opening credits is a silhouette of a nude woman um, who is maybe a character we haven't been introduced to yet, or maybe is, and I can't tell who it is. Um, but like, yeah, it, it does get pretty horny early on from yeah. from episode one. So uh, nudity, nudity let's say I isn't... can't wait to find out. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> nudity on its own is not horny. Like that's mm. just a body. No, yeah, you're right. That's like true. that's a woman. That's just I think the it's just a woman's body moving across screen, not even like in a James Bond way where it's like she's posing. It's just like it could be a corpse. Like you mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> I did see no, no. a thought a thought bubble with the words <laughs> "I'm horny" in it <laughs> over her <laughs> that I taped Great. to my uh, TV. <laughs> While we're talking, uh, yeah, you, you've been you've been trying to sell those. Yeah, <laughs> how's that going? Yeah, uh, it's uh, going bad. <laughs> it's going okay. really bad. I spent I spent a, all my money. It's I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, I think people don't want to ruin their TVs with a thought bubble. Yeah. So. <laughs> Even though it would be funny on 60 Minutes or whatever. When um, it lines okay, so, up perfectly, it's so yeah. funny. <laughs> That's what Wolf Blitzer is thinking. <laughs> what? So, what? <laughs> yeah, what we're talking, I was mentioning credits, and we should talk about the end credits because mm. there is a. This is where, if you're watching on Netflix, as we are. Uh, there is a a different music cue than what yeah. was used in Japan. Is that correct? That is correct. If you if you can manage to watch Netflix via a um, uh, uh, what do you call VPN? those? A proxy, a VPN. Uh, then you'll see the original credits, and each credit is a different rendition of the song "Fly Me to the Moon." Um, so by Frank Sinatra, but sung usually by a woman. Mm-hmm. I think almost always by a woman. Uh, and unfortunately, there is also 
a use of the cue inside of one of the episodes that has been scrubbed. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. It is painful to watch the show without. But also, it's it's usually counterpoint. Like, uh, in the same way that, like, Star Wars, like, it feels like a thing at the end of the, like, you, you'll end with, like, uh, Misato being like, take care of yourself, beat, and then it'll be, fly me to the moon, and, yeah. like, it's really upbeat, and as the show progresses, that counterpoint almost becomes... Um, uh, like, like it, it's saying something. Yeah, and the music yeah. they chose is very, very somber, and that's a very real solemn. Shame. Yeah, yeah. Is, Should, is it we, intact we on the Blu-ray? Do we know? No, it's not. It's not. It's not on the Blu-ray either. If you have the platinum edition of the show, or if you have a torrent of the show that pre-exists or pre predates Netflix, then you can watch it that way. But otherwise, there is no modern release that includes "Fly Me to the Moon." Wow. Which it, is it's just fucked. Yeah, it's just a um it, it it's gotta just be a licensing thing in North America, I'm sure. I mean it's just gotta be a rights thing. Uh let's play a no, little bit of the Isn't Fly Me to the Moon in Squid Game? Oh. So well, yeah, but I mean they they may have just paid for that license for that, but it, they decided it wasn't because that was a new show, but decided it wasn't worth it for this old show. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Sure. I'm just trying to lo- I'm trying to reason it out. I don't I honestly don't know. It's it doesn't make fault. any sense and it's a bummer. It's fucking It's my fault. <laughs> yeah. So you want to play uh, you want to play that that track, Nick? Yeah, I'm I'm just going to play a little bit of the one that plays at the end of this episode and uh and uh, we'll hear what you would have heard if you were watching the uh the the version on VPN while watch uh, watching the original version. Yeah, to, to use a reference I'm more familiar with, it's kind of like the real folk blues yeah. in Cowboy Bebop. It's mm-hmm. kind of just yeah. like this thing you come back to at the end of every episode. Yeah. But a, a totally different um, edition of the song for each one. So if, if there's a playlist on, I'm sure there's a playlist on YouTube of yes, every different version at. of Fly Me to the Moon. Because um, some are like techno remixes. That's fine. They're not all that sort of bossa nova feel. Right. Um, as we come to the end of this episode, I want to say that Evangelion is is not just some old anime. It's 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 an ongoing phenomenon in Japan. I think it's made more than $1.7 billion there. Uh, wow. And if you include the pachinko machine revenue from Evangelion, it's like an additional 700 billion yen. Uh, there are... Um, references to it in in media that is ongoing. There are Evangelion stores uh, in multiple cities in the country. There are Evangelion crossovers with major fashion brands. Um, And there's also Evangelion food, which is gross. Evangelion food? Every fucking type of Evangelion food I've tried is real gross. Oh, no. Mm. Um, But I think I might import the rations boxes for one of these episodes, and we can each have Evangelion rations, official nerve rations. 
Well, and, now that and, you've described them as gross, I can't wait to try that, Heather. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine a Salisbury steak that came to you in a box and didn't need to be refrigerated. Can't you? I can't wait. Yum. Yum. <laughs> are there any are there any uh, Evangelion games that are worth the salt? No. Uh, the short answer is no. Uh, there was an... <laughs> There was an N64 Evangelion game, Sega Saturn Evangelion games. Those were basically contemporary with the show. Um, there's mobile games, but for I, I, it, the Eva units appear in Super Robot Wars, that like multi-robot battle uh, game for the Switch and other platforms. But there is, and it's a there's visual novels like Girlfriend of Steel and the Shinji Kari Raising Project. Um, but there's no there's novels. There's an incredible manga by the original designer of the show mm. that that lasted for, I think, 15 years after the show ended. He wow. was still working on the manga. Um, but there's no fucking great game. And that's a real shame because there should be. Should be a fucking awesome game. Yeah. VR maybe, lend itself to it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the, one of the first places I went in VR was to Eva locations. Wow. So it was great. Guys, you went to Tokyo 3? <laughs> yeah, I went to Tokyo 3. I went wow. to Tokyo 3. Man, when you go to Hakone, which is a uh, sort of uh, a mountain, a rural suburb of Tokyo, that is where Tokyo 3 is located in, in world, in Eva. Mm-hmm. Um, and the town of Hakone has not only its own Eva store, but like all of the fucking vending machines are Evangelion because it's like, this is the Eva town. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. What if they so, had like a, just like towering monument of like an angel just standing in the middle of the, <laughs> like, just, but like <laughs> fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have life-size Gundams and I think there is a life-size bust there's a ride at Universal Studios Japan that's an Evangelion ride. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then they have like just the upper torso of the thing with its hand outstretched and you can like stand on the hand. Oh. Uh, I think, uh, which is pretty great. Someday I'll go there. I just don't like theme parks because I don't like people because I hate on like crowds or people. <laughs> <laughs> so I, never, I love I theme parks. Go. I love it. <laughs> uh I, and I am kind of in the middle on theme parks. Guys, I think we have another spinoff pod. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, podcast the ride. <laughs> We're coming for you, yeah. our friends. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, hey, that's uh, that's uh, this week's episode. Next week, we'll be looking at episodes three and four. So if you're watching along with this Watch Along podcast, check out The Phone That Never Rings, uh, a.k.a. A Transfer and Rain and After Running Away, a.k.a. Hedgehog's Dilemma. Hoping Sonic has a cameo. <laughs> what if... I, that's where I'd have to... I'd have to draw the line, I think. <laughs> I'd be like, he can't be in this. Yeah. Wait, this is Heather's favorite piece of media? Yeah. Sonic just shows up? Unless it's, tr- it's not addressed... And they just yeah. treat. Then he gets like <laughs> fucked up in an Eva. Like they like. <laughs> I would. Can I? Can I? Will say that yes. because Sega was an early, and this is not in any way a spoiler. Because Sega was an early sponsor of the show, all of the video game systems you see in the show are Sega. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That rocks. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been get animated, and now you got animated. <laughs> 